0: This is the We Are Outdoorsmen podcast, built by outdoorsmen for outdoorsmen. Presented by Herod Outdoors and Max Luer. Oh,
1: top,
0: top line just got
2: That's where it is. <laughs> yeah, that was my
1: fault. There we go. Well, she does it again.
0: Welcome back to another edition of the We Are Outdoorsman podcast, presented by Herod Outdoors and Max Leur. <laughs> Bobby's got the turkey call. What do you got there, Bobby? I've got this foreplay yep. turkey call
2: that's got Herod Outdoors on the outside. Yeah,
0: so it can't be his. That's well, a good
2: no, thing. no, I, I, I thought you said this is mine.
0: <laughs> it, you know, and it's almost turkey season. And the four-play turkey call is a four-sided turkey call with a wheel. You can turn that striker plate oh, around yeah. Yeah. and get different woods on both sides. Uh, and if you uh, use the code NWO, that's Northwest Outdoorsman, NWO23, you can get 10% off. Go go get it. It's awesome. And you're going to hear Bobby using that from now on because, unfortunately, I put well, it over there by his chair.
2: Exactly. Exactly.
0: Man, I'm liking that, it. Man, that I'm, thing's loud.
2: Oh, I know. It's loud.
0: <laughs> I got to go really easy on it. <laughs> yeah, you do. You blow everybody's eardrums out. Well, as you can tell, uh, Britain's not with us. The little turd. No longer. <laughs> uh, no, not no longer. He's oh, just not with us right now. Oh, okay, okay. I think he's on vacation. Yeah, he is. He's he's on what vacation. What the hell? Oh, yeah.
2: and And get this.
0: It's raining down there. Nah. Yes! He's in Arizona. <laughs> you know what? And outside, it's got to be it's in the... 62. 62 it's degrees.
2: Like clear bluebird, hot. Oh, I mean, yeah, it's oh. so
0: hot. And Britain's down there where it's raining, which it, is awesome. It's beautiful. <laughs> but today, our interviewee is Mark Bush of Twisted Waters guide service and we're going to talk about walleye and really today is all about fishing that's what we're going to do that's a good idea yeah let's talk about fishing we're talking in the afternoon and we yeah. got our afternoon drink we got our og vodka from wood family spirits and uh, a little bit of fresca
2: yeah you know that it, it's pretty good mm-hmm. i gotta tell you that that uh i, I love the flavor of that that vodka
0: it's oh good. me too me too you know. but uh, as i understand there actually might be a better way to do this
2: well you know according to Tom we're gonna have to uh, we're gonna have to give it a try in a little bit
0: yeah I think uh, we should hear from Tom let's hear from Tom about uh, what drink we should make we'll take a little break here so I'm with Tom wood of wood family spirits and here we are in the afternoon and he and I have our afternoon drink no special coffee
1: really sunny yeah thank goodness yeah
0: yeah, finally sunny, and here we are, we've got our OG Vodka, and I like to mix it in a little Fresca.
1: and <laughs> It's okay, you can do as much Fresca as you want. The, the OG Vodka is such a good vodka for anything you, citrus, I'm telling you, if yeah. you like a citrus type of beverage, it's a grape-based vodka made out of Columbia River Gorge, Cabernet Sauvignon grapes, which is very uncommon, there's not a lot of grape vodkas on the market, but it seems like if you mix it with anything citrus, it really brings out, it's really special, yeah.
0: Oh, it it absolutely is, so we have a special vodka afternoon now, I
1: guess. Yeah, you're not gonna call it special coffee. (laughs) What are you gonna call it?
0: I don't know, well, you have to come up with something good. We just opened up the fresca and got us going, but what's a great warm weather drink that we can make with the OG vodka?
1: Super classic one, if you haven't tried it, it's called the Moscow Mule. You basically just mix ginger beer or ginger ale and a squeeze of fresh lime in with OG vodka over ice, and it's remarkably refreshing.
0: All right, Bobby, we need to pause what we're doing and go make that.
1: Let's do that. That sounds delicious.
0: Okay, we took a little break based on what Tom said. What do you think, Bobby? What do you think?
2: You know what? It, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. It's, I, I'm it's liking. really good, isn't it? Yeah.
0: And this is a good afternoon drink. Mm-hmm. You know, we need a we need a name. Just like uh, Tom said, we need some sort of a name for our afternoon drink. We can't call it special coffee. What are we going to call it? I I don't know. You know what? Let mm. let's, let's let the listeners tell us. Yeah. What. Why don't they tell us what uh, what we should call it? Yeah. So if, you
2: you got you guys tell us what we should call this afternoon beverage yeah. that that we're having right now, and uh, we'll make sure and work that into our program.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Go to our. Uh, instagram or facebook pages uh max Lauer or Herod outdoors or the we are outdoorsman podcast instagram page and and give us an idea of what you think our afternoon toddy should be called all right so we got this uh drink here that tom suggested and it's mighty good but we need to start talking about fishing man i want to tell you what do we
2: britain and i finally got to go fishing last week where'd you go we went up on chelan went up and fished with the uh, joe fish
0: you know and- where i was where? I was at a sportsman show. Oh,
2: that's right. Oh, I think we called you after the
0: first yeah. seven or eight fish we caught. USOBs. <laughs> <laughs> they were sending me videos and pictures. Oh yeah. I mean it's just rude. That's yeah. what it was.
2: <laughs> we we wanted you to feel like you were part of the uh-huh, part of the
0: game. Sure you I mean, did. You know. <laughs> <laughs> so what were you fishing for?
2: Well, we went out uh, targeting chinooks on the lake. Yeah and uh didn't catch any Chinooks. Might have had one bite, but uh, we caught a lot of uh, lake trout. Mm-hmm. Bunch of lake trout. You know, all the, the typical uh, two to six pound type fish. Mm-hmm. I think we caught like 10 fish and we lost probably another seven or eight. You know, they, they were biting really, really weird. Huh. I mean, it was like, you know, just barely, everything was hooked on the trailer hook. Was it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, just, and you know, what was weird is, is it was ab- Absolutely. It was like today. It was mint. No, wind, not a breath of wind. What the heck? Not a breath of How wind. How many times
0: that happened on Lake Oh uh, Oh, exactly. <laughs> Did Not calm. a breath of
2: wind. Oh, it was beautiful, man. <laughs> you know, and you're out there and you're fishing the bottom and, and, you know, catching fish yeah. and enjoying yourself and the sun's out and you're mm. thinking, Oh my God, what is that?
0: You know? I was inside at a sportsmanship. show. That
2: <laughs> That's why we kept sending you the pictures and the videos and yeah. stuff. Uh-huh.
0: We wanted you to feel like you were
2: part of the part of the, yeah. the whole experience.
0: Yeah. Well, the one one video I really liked is uh, I saw you fishing our K903. So you're using that to troll it. Yeah, that worked it.
2: really good for fishing for max. Yeah. I mean, it's just it's just heavy enough that you can catch big fish on it. You know, I mean, it's great for fishing for sockeye. You know, it's still heavy enough for you know pulling those large Dodgers and stuff. Right. But the tip's light enough that you can see that you know on on the downrigger and right. even on uh, Joe has outriggers on his uh, on his boat, and you can see that just those subtle subtle bites uh, when fish are playing with it.
0: Yeah. So did you put it in the downrigger? Is that oh, how yeah. you're fishing it? Yeah.
2: Yeah. I actually, yeah, I had that one. Uh, I fished that down in the. Uh, back corner downrigger and it uh it worked fantastic
0: yeah so that's our nine foot the northwest outdoorsman rod that like you said it's a it's a pretty versatile rod for for yeah. the most part yeah. yeah yeah what what were you guys how are you fishing for them like what were you using
2: we were using uh double d dodgers mm-hmm. and of course joe's got a special bend that he puts on there and you know it's just right right we fished uh, smile blades on top of some flies, some squitters, uh, you know, different different stuff that he had. Mm-hmm. And, of course, Joe's got his secret sauce, his secret bait that he uses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it worked really well. I mean, like I said, we fished for, I don't know, maybe three and a half to maybe four hours. And, and we had, we got bit at least 20 plus times. Oh,
0: geez. You know, so, we've talked about this before a little bit, but, you know, that Chinook fishery in Schlan's a pretty unique one. Uh, yeah. we, in fact, we talked yeah. about it, I think, in the last podcast or two. But, you know, I, I find it interesting. I've fished up there, especially when I first moved here, quite a bit, where we're fishing on the bottom for lake trout. I read a bunch of books trying to figure out how to do it. And, and I, was, I was catching a lot of lake trout, and it was a lot of fun. And then realizing that you're catching those Chinook in the same place, near the bottom, fishing in the same yeah. way. I never hooked one. But, you know, those were, in those days, like we talked before, I believe, that there weren't very many Chinook just 10 years ago, were there? No. Yeah.
2: No, they, well, they started planting that lake. Lake Champlain Sportsman's Club started a program up there, and they planted those fish, I want to say, in the early 80s, mm-hmm. maybe late 70s. No, early 80s is when they. I think they started it. And you know that was the time that I moved and and went down with Gary and started G Loomis. But I came back over and fished a couple times with uh, buddies of mine, mm-hmm. Mike Campbell and and some other guys. And you could catch a twenty pound plus fish. Yeah. yeah. And though, but those fish were being planted. They they were in net pens, sure. things like that, and released. So right. they were planting that fishery. Today, you know, they quit planting that uh, Chinooks. 15 years ago 17 years ago yeah something like that what they're fishing on today is all natural spawn fish yeah, out of the stahican or yeah. you know maybe i don't know railroad creek i i don't know i don't but predominantly Prince. i would
0: guess the stahican it's hard it's hard to know but you would think it would be on the stahican river i mean it goes yeah. back in there it's it's a bigger body of a bigger and amount of water coming out yeah but.
2: And I've, I've caught, you know, a number of Chinooks up on the Stahecan itself. Yeah. It's just one of those things that I really wish that they would go back to planning to fish again. Yeah. The fish, I think, would get bigger. You know, a, a big fish today is 10 pounds.
0: Yeah. Well, that's a nice fish, though. Oh,
2: I, that's a gorgeous fish. Oh, man. I, you know, <clears throat> unbelievable. And I think Joe said that the biggest fish that he's caught over the last... 10, 12 years has been like 14 pounds.
0: Man. I mean, that's just massive. That is huge. Yeah, it's pretty neat. For those uh, of you that don't know where Lake Chelan is, it's uh, in north central Washington. The lake itself is 50 miles long.
2: 55 miles long.
0: Okay, 55 miles long. And 1,500 feet deep. It's fifteen. well, it's a little more than that, isn't it?
2: It's not quite.
0: It's like 1,482 or something. 1,489 or something, yeah. or something like it's that. It's maybe the third or fourth deepest lake in North America. Yeah. So it's really deep. It's it's long and it has several tributaries that come into it. And and to me it's pretty fascinating that you have this Chinook fishery <clears throat> that was maintained by stocking, stopped stocking, now it's self sustaining essentially. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's a one fish limit and that's probably what it needs to be just based on the sure. number, right?
2: Yeah. I, I totally agree. Yeah. And and I think it gets a minimum length of like twenty inches or something right, like that, right, you know. Right. It, which is it seems to be holding pretty good. It, it seems to be. I mean, Joe targets you know right. on a daily basis when he goes out is Chinook.
0: Yeah, one of these times we just need to do that. I, yeah. I want to catch keepers. <clears throat> now you and I have fished in the upper end mm-hmm. when we were fishing for kokanee kind yeah. of late in the year. Yeah, and we were catching a few smaller Chinook and occasionally yeah. a keeper sized one. Yeah, but I've never caught a 10-pound or whatever Mm -hmm. chinook on the lower part of the lake. I think that would just be a thrill.
2: That was, you know, last year I went out and fished with Joe about the same time. Yeah. And uh, I think uh, it was Bob and I that went out. And the first fish we caught, I I caught like a a 10-pound chinook. (laughs) Did you really? Oh, yeah. And and then Bob caught one that was about 7 pounds, 8 pounds. That's a nice fish. And I'm going to tell you what. They feed predominantly on, on the mice shrimp. Yeah. You know, the meat is just absolutely yeah. brilliant
0: red. Oh, yeah. It, it's probably... Looks like sockeye red, doesn't it? Oh, absolutely. It? Yeah. <laughs> a, yeah.
2: Absolutely. And it's, it's just one of those fish that that I think that it rivals uh, a, a good, you know, springer. Oh, there's
0: Definitely. no doubt in my mind. Yeah. I mean, they, I mean those fish are like, you got them out of the salt water is what yeah. they look like when you flay them. Yeah. And it's interesting because we we were up there catching all those kokanee, and I remember the first time that you and I caught a Chinook. Yeah. And they are all about the same size as the the kokanee, which were dandies. You know, we're catching 16-, 17-inch kokanee up there. Sure. And then you get this fish in the net, and you're looking at it, and then you're like what what is that and then you smell it yeah you know right away you know right away it's like that's a chinook because it has that chinook smell can't beat it
2: no you cannot get away from that smell
0: (laughs) so what what do you got going on now are you gonna fish or what well hopefully
2: hopefully this weekend i think
0: we're both gonna fish aren't we yeah
2: we're we're fishing on sunday we're gonna go and go fish with the Dwayne from Fish Hunt Northwest. Yeah, do a little playing around. I don't know if he's planning on fishing on Rufus or Roosevelt. Or... I
0: think he wants to try to hit all of them. So yeah. I'm yeah. all I'm all good with that, and we'll probably target a little bit of walleye too.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's the one thing that you know this time of the year that we generally you know go out and spend spend time doing is you know targeting yeah. walleye. And this year's been so weird. You know, we've yeah, just, we've I had know.
0: so much going on
2: what's happened
0: what's happened why are we so busy we're I, supposed to be fishing tell me about it yeah I, well speaking of walleye maybe we should hear from mark he's gonna talk a little bit about uh walleye fishing down on the lower end of the columbia
2: we, we might have done that
0: yeah we've done yeah. that a couple times <laughs> so let's let's take a break and uh, hear what mark has to say okay Today I'm at the Central Oregon Sportsman Show in Redmond, Oregon and I've wandered down the way and I found our buddy Mark Bush with Twisted Waters Guide Service. How are you doing today Mark? I'm doing well, thank you. Thanks for taking a little bit of time to visit with me. Mark is going to be working with us with the, our new fishing rods so we're excited about that but really what we want to do is have folks get to know a little bit about you. So tell us a little bit about your background. I understand that uh, we should thank you for your service to our country. Thank you for
3: thanking me. Uh, yeah, I did uh, 20 years in the in the Army. I retired out of Fort Lewis, spent most of my career in special operations, both as a operator and support, ended my career. I was medically non-deployable, and uh, the last three years of my career, I was in an office, and I started guiding fishing trips on the weekends.
0: Yeah, I understand. You know, uh, we're in the federal government myself for a long time and at some point you just migrate to a desk don't you unfortunately yeah it it just seems the way things go yeah that's great that you started guiding so you when you first started guiding and fishing a bit you were uh, not doing walleye like you're doing now what were you doing?
3: Well, I started off on the, on the uh, Nisqually, guiding for salmon, and then uh, kind of worked my way down to the collets and doing winter steelhead and some springer fishing on the, on the collets, then uh, work on the collets during the summer, and then when the Nisqually opened, I started doing kings that year, my first year, and then did uh, some a lot of chump salmon, a
0: lot of chump salmon. It was a lot of fun. I really miss that fishery a lot. I remember when I was going to school in Bellingham many years ago, we won't say how long, but many years ago, that some of those little rivers there close in town had chum, and that was a fun thing to do when we were college kids. Chum are amazing, and the Nisqually chum held their color,
3: their meat was good, and we were catching fish, I don't know, 20 miles upriver that were just chrome bright, still had sea lice on them, and just amazing fish yeah that's
0: pretty cool so what switched you over to walleye how did you get going from you know the slime rockets to the spiny guys i i got invited to fish camp with that Iman
3: and uh, i met ed and he started me off on walleye he's been my mentor for many years can't say enough good things about ed he's really helped me out
0: yeah ed he's a real giant in the fishing industry uh some of you may have heard of fish camp before but that's something that ed started and The idea was basically that industry folks come to fish camp fishermen and guides as well as media like myself you know really tell the story about what we do in in that industry and make connections and it was it was wonderful
3: well that really that got me connected with max lures that got me connected with a a number of you know
0: media outlets as well It, it was great so uh you reside in the dalles now is that correct that is correct Okay, so uh, you reside in the Dalles and you fish the Columbia River for walleye for the last five years or so, is that correct? Yeah, about five years
3: off and on. I'd basically do walleye in the spring, March, April, and May. And uh, this June, I decided that I'm gonna do about maybe 12 days of shad fishing down at Beacon Rock, just cause I wanna get some kids out there and those trips are half price because they're shad. And I really wanna get kids out and get them
0: addicted to fishing. You know, I think getting kids hooked on fishing with some, a fishery like shad is a great idea because they're e- relatively easy to catch in large numbers and it's exciting. So I, I think that's perfect.
3: Well, when you've got millions of fish swimming by, you, it's, it's a hoot. It's a great way to get kids out there. They're easy to catch. They, they're a good hard fighting fish. You use light tackle. And what I do, if you don't want the fish, I take them to the Dells Discovery Center and I donate them to the raptor rehabilitation program. So they feed the eagles and they rehab hawks and whatever eats the fish.
0: And that way they, you know, we're helping out the, the raptors as well. What a great program, that's awesome. Uh, what else do you enjoy about being a guide? Because I think that's a pretty rewarding sort of thing, but there's gotta be some other rewarding aspects of being a fishing guide. Just having getting people out on the river and first timers are
3: great. People that are I'm introducing to fishing is is amazing. I like first timers. They don't have any bad habits I got to break. <laughs> and you know, seeing people light up when they when they catch a fish is just awesome.
0: Yeah, I know. I I get to do that a lot. Also, mm-hmm. take people out for the first time. Uh, I've been volunteering my time with Tony Warren's group, the Operation Catching Freedom, uh, okay. which is a, a group that helps veterans get out on the water. I've done a few of those. I've also uh, volunteered my time to uh, a wildlife group out of Idaho that have an auction, and then they send folks up to walleye fishing. Every one of these, almost always, there's somebody who's fished for the first time, especially for walleye, Mm -hmm. and uh, I really enjoy that as well. So it's it's a lot of fun. Let's switch to another topic. Let's ask, all right, so if I want to go out and catch walleye this time of year on on that Mm -hmm. part of the Columbia River, Uh, what are some of the things that folks should be doing right now the main thing that i would say this time of year is just go deep just get
3: as these fish are down in 60 feet of water you got to get down to them and deeper than 60 Uh, they're going to be in the deep holes the deep runs jigging for them might be a little hard when you you're trying to stay vertical and you've got 60 feet of line out bottom walkers i've used bottom walkers all the way up to five ounces to get down there. Keep your speeds really, really slow and have a very subtle presentation.
0: Yeah, that uh, seems to be kind of universal theme even in Banks Lake and then obviously in Lake Roosevelt, which is part of the Columbia River system too, fish are very deep this time of year and you've got to get down there and go slow. Uh, and part of the reason to go slow is because they're, they're cold, right?
3: Yeah, they're, they're cold. They don't want to expend a lot of energy to, to go feed. And the amazing thing about the Columbia is those walleye have a constant food source. And shoot, September when the shad smolt are coming down river, I don't, I fish salmon. <laughs> they've got a food source that's in the billions going by them and they don't have to move to get it. But this time of year, they're, they're down deep. They're going to be feeding on the freshwater shrimp, uh, crayfish, whatever they can get get in their mouth they're going to eat right now but they're not going to expend a lot of energy because it's cold and they don't want to move a lot
0: so what kind of a size and patterns are you using this time of year that you know compare that to say later when it were spring and summer
3: right now i i'd be using a you know a single small corky just to get it off the bottom a little bit or just a single bead in front of the worm harness keep things really subtle but you're going to have to get right in front of them to,
0: to get them to bite. So small profile and uh, slow speeds seems to be successful, pretty much anywhere where we're finding uh, walleye in our Columbia River system. What can folks expect for, you know, numbers? What's an average day? What seems to be a good day?
3: Oh shoot! I, I try to limit people to between five and ten fish, just so that we're not you know, over harvesting the resource, you can expect to catch that this, you know, and especially in March, April, and May, you're gonna catch some fish to take home with you. What I also like to do is anything over 22 inches, I like to put back. I don't require it, If and of course, if they're hooked in the gills and they're bleeding, they're gonna go in the cooler.
0: No, that's really good. It uh, Kind of what we're dancing around here a little bit is the the Columbia River down there has basically no, size limit and no number limit and you know as far as many of us are concerned who love to walleye fish uh, we have this world-class fishery and you can say what you want about its interaction with salmon but you know you have this world-class fishery and basically the the rules that the states are putting forth are not really trying to perpetuate this this world-class fishery so I, i like what you're doing
3: well thank you and like you were saying it's it's something that we're going to have to manage ourselves because wildlife states, uh, the state organizations are not. So we're, uh, there's a bunch of guides that we've all kind of talked about it, and this is what we've come up to is we're going to manage it because they're not.
0: Yeah, and exactly, and I, and for the most part, when you, when you go fishing in that part of the world, which I have many times, uh, I don't really see people, you know, over harvesting. What I would say is, you know, taking advantage of that. There, they get what they want to eat. Mm -hmm. they put the big ones back I mean occasionally you're gonna see a few folks well it's legal yeah okay it's legal but it doesn't necessarily make it sustainable right it just cuz you can doesn't mean you should great so looks like we've been talking for quite a bit here and both of us need to get our booths going for the morning and for the crowds that are coming in and so how do folks find you and where do they find you so they can go fishing with you
3: well the easiest way is just to give me a call 253-468-0610 is my phone number. Send me a text, send me, you know, give me a call. If you want to contact me on Facebook, you can send me a message. It's Twisted Waters Guide Service, Mark Bush, or just Mark Bush on on Facebook, and either way, you're, you can send me a message. Uh, we do have a webpage, and uh, that's twistedwaters-gs.com. You can send me a message through that as well.
0: Okay, so that's Twisted Waters Guide Service. Best way to get a hold of him is 253- 4680610 just give them a text or a call and you can go fishing, catch some nice walleye on the Columbia River in a beautiful part of the world there near the dallas One of my favorite places.
3: Oh, it's it's beautiful there. I I I started going down there about 7 years ago and uh my goodness, it's one of the most beautiful places I've ever seen. And I've been all over the world so it's
0: I'm sure you have yep so explore the Dalles that's what we say so thank you Mark for taking time visiting with me and good luck to you this year absolutely it was my pleasure thank you it's springtime and that means we need to get out on the Columbia River and start catching those big walleye and what better tool to use than our brand new the Northwest Outdoorsman SJ682 spinning jigging rod. Tell us, Bobby, how'd you design that thing? It was designed to be able to
2: fish up to half three-quarter ounce type jigs. The rod is an 8 to 17 pounder. You've got a light tip for sensitivity, feel, and then it loads up into the back section for moving fish. Whether you're walleye fishing, whether you're fishing for throwing jigs for trout, whether you're throwing jigs for salmon fishing.
0: The Northwest Outdoorsman SJ682 at harrodoutdoors.com use the coupon code SHOWS that's s-h-o-w-s for a 10 percent discount you know it was nice catching up with mark you know you and i have fished down there you and i and brett actually fished down there but it was a yeah. little later in the spring mm-hmm. but it, uh, i haven't fished this early down there very often february you know, or march
2: i you know i i fished with uh years ago i went out with herb and and a couple other guys from Lure Jensen, mm-hmm. you know, when I was at Loomis. And we fished up there in late February, early March time oh, frame. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And, you know, we, we caught a number of fish. Haven't done it for a long time other than, you no. know, you and I fished it, what, in, in May? May.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you and I and Brett, and we did really well. Yeah. Which is the better month in my opinion. But Ronnie and I used to, that's brother. my brother Ron and I used to go down there in April. Mm-hmm. Almost every year. And we would camp down there near the little town of Rufus. There's a mm-hmm. couple of parks right there along the, yeah, you know, along the river. And we would fish for a few days, and we would jig for walleye. That's when we first started fishing. That's almost all we did. Sure, sure. We would jig in lead heads with a white jig body. Sure. And that's what we did for for years. A little piece of worm. Yeah. But um, you'd get is so bad you can hardly stand it after yeah. about three days <laughs> but you know the fish then in april and usually i think if i remember right we would go down kind of later in april so you know getting to when you and i were there the water sure, was warmed sure. up the fish would mostly be around 20 to 30 feet yeah yeah but you know like mark said this time of year february well it's early like that March, everywhere <laughs> yeah it's deep they're deep yeah yeah. And do you remember that when you were fishing with Herb and those guys? Or?
2: No, we were actually fishing a little bit shallower, if, if I remember correctly. We yeah. weren't fishing, you know, real, but that might be why we didn't catch, we did a, catch lot of a lot of fish. of fish.
0: Yeah, and I think that's something that I would say we've learned over the last few years. Sure. Is that if you're going to fish almost any body of water here in the Northwest, here in Washington or down on the Columbia River, yeah, you you got to get deep. Yeah. Yeah. I always remember that time that you and I fished February out there at Banks Lake. Oh man. And man. we were in yeah. the fog, do you remember? This is a great oh. story, you guys. So Bob, <laughs> Bobby and I we were, uh this is back in the day where we borrowed a boat from another unnamed uh <laughs> dealer. Anyway, we went out on the lake in February, and it didn't freeze like it did this year. And it was foggy. Do you remember that? It was, I mean, That was like the first of February. I, I still
2: have the, that stuff written
0: down. It is like seriously foggy. Oh. I mean, not just a little bit foggy, like you couldn't see. No, you could barely see the end of the boat. Yeah, it was crazy. And so here we are, you know, we know the lake pretty well. And so we're, we're going out and you're really looking at your GPS. Yeah. And then, you know how it is, you get out there and you think, God, I hope there's nobody else on the lake. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that decides they're going to get on plane and go 40 miles an hour because we're in trouble. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I think we were the only dumbasses out there, weren't no,
2: we? No, remember later on, like, you know, 10 o'clock. Was there someone else that went by? So, yeah, we, all of a sudden we hear this boat and we're going, please Uh-oh. don't hit us, please, please don't, don't hit us, please, yeah, please don't, don't hit us. <laughs> That's right. <I> do.
0: <laughs> please don't come by. But, you know, that time of year we were fishing at um, 60, 65 feet. We were just catching some tanks. Yeah, yeah. And that's I think you know, a lot of what Mark does. If he's fishing now, he's catching some really nice fish.
2: Well, this this time of the year, I mean, this is this this is the fishery that everybody, you know, under the sun that's a that's a hardcore walleye fisherman, right. you know, aspires to come do.
0: Sure, sure. It, that
2: that's why this is a world class fishery. Mm-hmm. You know, we catch more fifteen pound plus fish on oh. the Columbia River than anywhere else in the world.
0: Oh yeah. They so, just, and they just had that tournament a few weeks ago, wasn't it? Yeah. Know? Yeah. And they caught some toads. Oh my God. what did you say they, again? They averaged, the, the winners averaged like 12 yeah. pounds of fish. Yeah, exactly. So that's, <laughs> that kind of gives you an idea, you know, if you want to catch the big ones now, but like Mark and I were talking, you, especially many of those are big females, not all of them, but you want to let those fish go. That's, that's my opinion.
2: Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, the, that, that's the unfortunate thing with, with the state and, and I won't get onto one of my uh,
0: rip roaring. Uh, well, maybe that's good.
2: Yeah, <laughs> but bottom line is, is you know, they they are because it it's low hanging fruit. Yeah, they they are basically jeopardizing a world class fishery.
0: Yeah, that's the way I feel about
2: it. And too. you know, it, it, it's I don't know, it's very difficult to watch how they approach this stuff and what they're doing to try to, you know, enhance the salmon. And trust me, you got to remember that's all I have ever been is a salmon and steelhead right. fisherman yeah. my whole life. Sure. And but there's a way to approach things and a way not to. And right. what they're doing right now is absolutely ludicrous.
0: Yeah, I agree. I don't I don't think it's the right way to go about it. And, and yeah, they probably eat a few salmon smolts, but that isn't the biggest issue. No. And so why are we doing that to this fishery? Anyway, that yeah we could go on and on about this, but uh, I don't know what it would serve at this point. <laughs> I,
2: I, would, I think I would thing, feel better. I wouldn't have to take yeah, a pill.
0: <laughs> I think we I think we'd feel better. But I I think the key is you know if you're like Mark, you just let the big ones go. You self regulate, and I think that's what you want to do.
2: Self regulating is 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 fantastic. You know yeah. you do see the occasional individual that you know is down there, and they catch it. 100 fish plus and Mm -hmm. it's obviously not the norm number one and number two you know there's no reason for it no it it it's open it's legal i can do this
0: well so it doesn't you know doesn't necessarily make that means
2: next year you're not going to catch anything you know
0: so and you talk to a few people like uh we miss walleye willie he's no longer with us but he used to tell me that of all the years that he'd fished down there, he it was a marked difference when that rule yes. went into effect. Where oh, he used absolutely, to fish. so it absolutely had, has had an effect on the fishery. Yep, I thought maybe it'd be good. The other thing we can talk about because, uh, well, because you're a rod maker and you know these things, but it might be good to talk about uh, the kinds of rods to use when you're fishing really deep like that. You know, you're 60 feet or more, and you're trolling. Uh, it's a little different than if you're down there jigging. So. Well, you want to do something a little different with your rod selection.
2: Yeah, you know, it having, you know, coming from the background that I've come from, there's a reason that we used to build, you know, over three or four hundred different models of rods, (laughs) you know, and everyone has a specific use. Mm -hmm. It's designed to do a a particular job. Mm -hmm. And there's not any one rod that is a fix all, end all does everything, is perfect for everything. It doesn't exist. Nope. Having the right gear makes all the difference in the world. When you're having to fish at 60 or 70 feet and you're feeling a fish that opens its mouth, inhales, and decides to spit something back out, you have no idea when you're fishing something too heavy.
0: Yeah, like four or five ounces yeah, of weight. Yeah, and you're <laughs> fishing
2: four or five ounces of lead. Yeah. Um, you know, and you're trolling bouncing on the bottom and right. you're trying to decipher whether that was a bite or whether that it makes a huge difference on feel right. having that sensitivity that that 7 foot 10 that that, that we make yep. you know i made that for a reason right because that that was my initial goal was to design something that i can feel that fish doing what it's going to do whether yeah. in in opens its mouth inhales spits it back out or nips at the back of it um dump a little bit of line real quick guess what i just force fed him and and now i've hooked the fish whereas people wouldn't even know that they got bit yeah having the right tool makes a huge difference in catching fish
0: exactly and and that's the one thing i really like about our seven foot ten rod is that you you see every bite i mean it's amazing i mean you can see the that's a rock, that's a rock, that's the bottom, that's a hump, that's some grass, and yep. then you get bit, and you you, you know the difference right Absolutely. away. Absolutely. I mean, it's that's what it's designed for. But if we're jigging, you know, we're probably not going to be jigging in the Columbia River down there. There's too much speed, like Mark talked about. It's really hard to keep straight up and down at, at 60 sure. feet. But when it gets to be more like uh, later in April and May, and we sure, are— Sure, when you get into that 35, yeah. 40 yeah, 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 we want a jig, so I think, you know, that, that requires a different tool.
2: Yeah, yeah, and and that's, you know, the the spinning rod, the six-foot-eight yeah. uh, spinning rod. That's, you know, what I designed that for was right. to have that feel. You've got that light, light tip. You can feel the sensitivity. You can feel when a fish bumps it. I mean, you can feel when a fish lays on top of the jig mm-hmm. or when it bites a right. jig. right. You can feel the difference of when a fish goes up and just bumps it with its nose, mm-hmm. or you feel that bite. Yeah. There, there's a, a subtle difference between all of them. When you can't feel that, you don't really know what what you're playing with. You know, how many times have have we gone out there jigging and had that fish go up and lay on top of that thing and you, you jerk and you think you got and it's gone, yeah. and you come up and you got a scale.
0: Yeah, well, yeah, yeah exactly.
2: Guess what? with that that jig rod you can feel what that fish is doing you Mm -hmm. feel that subtle difference of you feel a movement on there right exactly but you don't feel that tick of when he inhales and bites down on it It makes a huge difference on catching fish
0: yeah and we use uh, carbon fiber in our rods that that bobby designs that are built for us and you know that's a really light material it's very sensitive and you talk to a lot of guys, and I did this at the Sportsman Show in Spokane this past week. You know, a lot of guys, We I was doing a seminar, we didn't get a lot of attendance, but we had people come up to the booth and talk. You know, and they'd mm-hmm. say, Well, what makes this rod so special? You know, and, and to me, it's the materials and the design for the specific thing that it's designed to do. And sure. If you got your old glass rod and you're out there trying to jig, you're not gonna feel. You're not gonna feel those things that yeah. you just described. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's the difference.
2: Well, and let's face it, being in the industry, one of the thing, one of my number one things is I want to catch one more fish than the other guy. Yeah,
0: I that, know you do. And and, and that <laughs> one more fish, exactly. One more cast.
2: It, it's just <laughs> it's one of those things that you know I, I you want. You want to utilize everything to your benefit. Mm -hmm. So why not use the best rod that you can, Mm -hmm. utilize braid, utilize the right gear. Sure. All of it makes a huge difference on how many fish that you have at the end of the day. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it's something that that I've always strived for, Mm -hmm. making the correct action, making the correct tool to do a specific job makes a huge difference.
0: Yeah. Mark's going to start fishing our hs 7102 down there he's excited good. about it he's got a couple in his hands and he he loves it he thinks it's going to be the right tool for him so good that'll be a lot of fun
2: yeah i we
0: we got to get out and
2: walleye fish
0: man. <laughs> well i'm hoping that we do that this weekend yeah yeah it's we need we need some fish i'm almost in a walleye crisis
2: <laughs> you're out of fish
0: i have one package in the freezer I mean that's that's kind of scary.
2: You're not going to believe this but I I gave I gave my last package away to Britain. Oh what? Yeah. He, Britain? he 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 needed it for for something. I don't know what. Give it me was.
0: a break. He's yeah. in the He's he left us. It's,
2: I know he bailed on us. He he, ba- he bagged on us. He bagged He, on, he yeah. bagged. Yeah. He yeah. bagged on us and he's he's down yeah. you know soaking up the sun. Oh that's right. It's raining it's on him. It's raining. <laughs>
0: he's major honey badger though he didn't really care about anything no he no. just left <laughs> oh well that's a wrap for today i don't know probably i don't
2: know that you guys you guys got to make sure and get back to us oh on yeah. name we need for that. our afternoon <laughs> beverage
0: our afternoon beverage
2: yeah we can't use special coffee in yep. the
0: afternoon so we got to come up with something different well until next time be sure to follow us on facebook instagram Either at Max Lure or Herod Outdoors, and until next week.
2: And guess what's coming up.
0: What? <laughs> Maybe that'll be our topic next week. There you go. All right, We'll talk to you later.